and welcome to episode five of Jetstream. Jetstream is the podcast from Wellington College International to connect, support and grow our family of schools around the world. Today I am talking to Emma Ramsey from Wellington College in the UK. Good morning Emma. Hello, thank you for having Emma's me. Gonna- and I'm delighted to uh, delighted to have you on board. Um, Emma is going to tell us a little bit about what she does here at the UK uh, and some of the experiences she has had with our international family of schools uh, over the last few years. Thanks, Chris. So this is my sixth year now at um, Wellington College UK. I mainly teach classics and I'm also a sixth form tutor in the Apsley House. Um, but as of September this year, I'm director of HE Careers and International Universities um, and Back in the summer, I actually had the the um, chance to go and visit the schools in China and meet others who are doing a similar role to me, which was amazing. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on the new role. Um, it sounds like there's lots of collaboration around universities in the international space already. Perhaps you can just tell us a little bit about that. Mm, yeah, definitely. Even before I had this role, when I was, um, I've previously been head of US universities and then more recently head of careers, but I've always been invited to these uh, Teams meetings that I think were originally set up by Ian Henderson between the um, in some cases heads of sick form, in some cases um university guidance counsellors and anyone who's doing those roles at any of the international schools meets termly and we just discuss uh, trends in UK but also international applications. We discuss best practice for supporting our students through this process and in the past I think we've even done some uh, interview swaps for those students who are applying to Oxford or Cambridge. So even before I managed to make it out there in person we've had quite a close relationship which is really nice. And I know that Elisa from Hueli Shanghai, who I met in the summer, is coming over in November. So it'd be really nice to catch up with her in person. Fantastic. It is it is a really strong network. And it's the sort of conversation that really does benefit from having lots of different people involved from, mm-hmm. from Bangkok and, and Pune in due course when uh, when they have students yeah. enough to, to get to university. Um, but tell us a little bit about your visit. I think I'm right in saying it wasn't your first visit to China. That's correct. Yeah. So pre-COVID, I went out to Tianjin um I'd actually been thinking in my Easter holidays that now that I've got the luxury of these long holidays, I really need to make more of them and and travel. And that very day, there was an email from Ian to say, is anyone interested in working on a summer school at Tianjin? The flight was paid for. Uh, we had accommodation and it was the case of tutoring some nine to, I think, 12 year olds English. Um, So I did that and I really, really enjoyed it. And the students that I taught were actually already very good at English. So it was a really nice time for me. We just read lots of stories, did lots of writing um, and had conversations that really just helped them to improve their already pretty good English. And then in the afternoons, I had the opportunity to go out and explore the city. I had a visit to Beijing. Um, in fact, one of the language assistants from Wellington, UK, lives in Beijing, usually. So she very kindly showed me around the Forbidden City in one of the days that I was there. So that was a really, really pleasant trip that I have very fond memories of. So it was lovely to go back and see Tianjin again this summer. Um, I was a lot busier this trip, actually. I went to um, all six of the schools um, with Lucy and Richard Atherton, who were also there at the same time as me. Um, and this time I was doing a mixture of student workshops, um, a bit like what we do here in Wellington, UK in the summer term of Lower Sick. The students log into UCAS for the first time, um, make the preliminary preparations for their university applications and talk through how to write an effective personal statement. So some of the things I was doing in China this summer were related to that. I did a few um, 
meetings with heads of faculty about academic extension and preparation for university. And I also did a few parent workshops at each of the schools. Fantastic. It sounds like they really did uh, really did keep you busy. Mm-hmm. Um, the parent workshops that you that you talk about, um, what sort of things did you did you have there? What sort of different questions did you have perhaps from the audience in China than you might have expected from from your work in, in England? Um, to be honest, the questions, well, the things that parents want to know, generally speaking, wherever wherever they're living and wherever they want to go is how can they make a successful application and how can they support their child to do that? Uh, so the content wasn't significantly different from what we do in the UK. It was a lot to do with um, the nature of different types of courses, uh, especially at Oxford and Cambridge and Ivy League. Um, it was more the the audience that was quite significantly different to what we have in the UK. So when we do those talks here, it's generally put out to the parents of sixth form pupils, uh, and they're the ones who who tend to come along. But it it was quite surprising to me that the majority of parents I spoke to in the China schools were actually parents of children in the nest, uh, so three years old, and. Um, it was really lovely to chat to them and they they wanted to know how could they set their child on the right path at that stage um, to be in a good position to make competitive applications by the time they're of, of sixth form age. And of course, a lot of these schools don't yet have sixth form cohorts. And I think that Huili, Shanghai and others have their first lower sixth this year. Um, but one of the nice things about my visit was I did get to see the nest and um, really, really small ones who are in Wellington uniform and their parents are wanting to know how they can make competitive applications at that point. So that was probably the most striking difference. What advice did you give them? I mean, it's difficult to advise a, a three-year-old, but the students at that, <laughs> that age have made a decision to, to follow an international pathway. Mm. So what, what did you say? Yeah, as you say, the fact that they've sent their child to an international school means that they have committed on this route and can't then back out and rejoin a China school. So I completely understand why it's it's an important question for them. And I was chatting with the librarian Lucy Atherton about this, and we were both reassured to hear that we were both giving the parents the same advice in in our respective sessions, which is fostering interest in, you know, general curiosity, not even intellectual and curiosity at that point, but just fostering an interest in reading, um, doing interesting things, visiting places of interest and just finding out what they like. To be honest, it's not too different to the advice that we give our third form when they arrive at Wellington. Find out what you're interested in, what do you enjoy doing, because that tends to be what you're good at and vice versa. So that was really the main piece of advice. That sounds like uh, sounds like very good advice uh, to receive. And our, our, our international schools do get great outcomes when it comes mm. to university destinations. Were there things that you were able to bring back with you to to Crowthorne, having been out to to visit our schools in China? Yeah, definitely. So I would say that the five universities that the students in the China schools are most focused on are a group that they referred to as the G5. And I have to admit that before I went out to China, I wasn't familiar with this group. Uh, And I asked my colleagues, they hadn't heard of it either. But the G5 are Oxford, Cambridge, Imperial, uh, LSE and UCL. Um, And it is actually a recognised group of universities. And those five are grouped that way because they all agree that they have to cap student numbers in order to provide the quality of education that they want to. So it is a recognised group, um, but it was quite surprising to me that that's uh, a group that um, parents and students used as a, as a kind of metric of success. But um, I suppose it's a bit like our Russell group, but, but more focused. Um, I'd say that 
the guidance counselling system for the, the China schools is perhaps a bit more similar to the American high school system in the a lot of the people I met, uh, that was their sole role. They um, provided timetabled guidance on university counselling, um, choosing good fit universities, personal statement preparation, but they don't teach at the same time. Um, and that was pretty interesting to me. Uh, and and they, having come from often the US or Canada, they are really well versed in that that setup and that system of application. So I definitely learned a lot from them. Um, and also just the way that they gather data on their their applications. They're obviously dealing with much smaller cohorts than we are at Wellington UK, but I definitely picked up a lot of good tips on how to manage that. And I'm thinking of ways that it can be upscaled to our cohort, which of course will be growing even more in the next couple of years. Yeah, no, exciting times. I'm interested in the in the group of uh, universities you mentioned. Um, I should declare an interest as a as a graduate from the University of St Andrews. Um, ah. The the Times uh, Times 100 uh, this year is topped by the University of St Andrews. Mm. Was there, has there been much interest in that? <laughs> in St Andrews University from mm. from the China schools. Well, funnily enough, not particularly. Um, I, I don't. St Andrews isn't even a Russell Group university, even though it's obviously got an excellent reputation. It produces extremely employable graduates and. It's a very, very nice place to study. Um, I'd say that and this was one of my my aims, actually, when talking to parents and students in China. I was trying to expose them to other, you know, excellent universities around the UK that maybe they hadn't heard of that don't belong to this G5 that's focused on a really narrow part of of well, geography, really, it's it's London, Oxford and Cambridge. Um, Edinburgh, for example, another excellent institution. There wasn't a great deal of interest in that. Um, so, yeah, I suppose one of my aims was just to expose them to the other excellent opportunities that you have for study in the UK. It's a bit like what we try to do with our candidates here who want to apply to the US. They've all heard of the Ivy Leagues and they're the ones they're aiming for. And of course, that's brilliant. But there are so many other amazing institutions that could be a better fit for a particular subject or a particular type of student. Um, so I think this international collaboration for us is just as beneficial as it is for anyone in any other international school. Absolutely. Just broad, broadening those horizons, providing mm. more opportunities has got to be good for everybody. Uh, and I think I'm right in saying that it, it's Futures Week uh, this week in, 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 in the UK. And you've yes. taken time out of that to, to talk to me. So I am particularly grateful. Uh, Could you sort of talk us through what's happening in, in Futures Week in, in Crowthorne? Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually the third year that we have run the Futures Festival. Um, we bring in speakers from a range of backgrounds, lots of OWs, old and new, um, some parents as well. And it's really a week long series of talks, events, workshops, all to do with with futures. And one of the main aims is that we get all year groups involved. We have a lot of opportunities for our sixth form to network with OWs through um, excellent events that the, the community um, team put on, like career opportunity groups in central London. Um, career speed networking has previously been mainly just for sick form, but Futures Festival is really about getting all the year groups involved. Um, so I've been speaking in year group assemblies to the different year groups. There's um, a passport activity for, um, well, gaining stamps for every talk that you go to. Um, there'll be a competition about the best reflection on the week. And we're really trying to get all societies involved, not just ones that are kind of business or, or careers focused. So, for example, the debate team this week have been um, arguing over Rishi Sunak's plan to make English and maths compulsory throughout every stage of education. Um, and I think 
the other team were arguing over making all degrees liberal arts degrees. So no subject specialism at um, higher education level. So it's just an opportunity to get everyone thinking about futures in a non-daunting and non-committal way. I want to emphasise that we don't want students to uh, be stuck down one path, but unless that's, of course, what they want to do. It's very OK to say that you don't know what you want to do, but this is the opportunity to explore it if you're not sure. So um, to give you an idea of what, what we've had so far, um, the fireside lecture on Monday was was pretty careers focused with OW Tom Gamer speaking about swapping the steering wheel for the microphone. He's now a sports correspondent. Um, we've had talks on architecture, engineering and consultancy. And then last night was an interactive talk um, about the London Stock Exchange and how it's a bit more than just raising money. It's about the kind of the social impact of that and how it can be used for good. Um, and one of the main messages was that you don't just have to have a degree in business or finance to work in the city. They they like people who have that broad educational background who have maybe come from humanities subjects or something a bit more creative. So I'd say that the aim behind the Futures Festival is really to um, myth bust <laughs> and uh, defy expectations about routes that you should be going down in order to get into a particular type of career. Fantastic. I think defying expectations and, and myth busting sound like excellent themes mm -hmm. for, for university applications in general, just to get more people into, into more interesting places around the world. That's fantastic. Well, it sounds like the, the university space uh, around the uh, the Wellington Group is, is a very dynamic collaboration. Uh, so thank you so much for, for taking time to, to talk us through all that. Uh, with all of those things going on, I'm conscious of your time. Uh, <laughs> so thank you so much for, for joining me today. Um, and um, we will look forward to hearing how the university collaboration goes in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.